1: Since you wasn't up on it, i My own sweet time didn't teach what I don't recognize you for things anymore. I don't want to be defeated. 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 Hello, everybody.
0: Welcome back to another episode of Lead Singer Syndrome. As always, I am your host, Shane Told. Greetings. I'm recording this in Munich, Germany. It is a beautiful beautiful day We left Toronto for this tour you know just just last week and it was negative two now it's 26 degrees here I'm using Celsius for you Americans yes you can convert it it's not that hard <laughs> uh, but but welcome back to another episode and um, Celsius works for this one because I'm interviewing an English Lead singer of a band that a lot of people probably have never heard of. They are called Darko. And if you look up information on them, like I do when I do a podcast, there really isn't that much. They're a newer band, they're a smaller band. In this episode, I learned they've never been to the United States before. So it's really, really cool. And that's one of the great things about doing this podcast and having a little bit of success is. I can do sometimes whatever the fuck I want. And that's exactly what this episode is. I love this band. Their record they put out last year. Bonsai Mammoth was one of my favorite albums of the year. And I know there's some people out there that have heard of this band and want to know more information about this. They're just an incredible, incredible band. And I will be playing a bunch of stuff later. And, you know, I always do the little song before the before we get to the interview so check that out as well but they are an awesome awesome new punk band from the UK also while I'm ranting and raving why is it that we say Munich and in Germany they say München why can't we just say München or München or whatever it is why do they have to change the name of cities for other languages it's the name of a place like my name is Shane I don't go by some weird German version of my name when I'm in Germany I'm still Shane so, I don't know why we do this with cities. Maybe somebody can can email me and let me know why we do this. Um, by the way, I do have an email address. It is lead singer syndrome at gmail.com. Feel free to get in touch with me. Uh, we're also on all the social media stuff Twitter, Instagram, oh, Facebook. You know, it hasn't been in the news lately or anything, but we have a page on there doing lots of things. And of course, We have the All Access Club. If one of these episodes a week is not enough, you can jump into all these extra episodes, bonus content, interaction with other fans and myself, contests, giving away free stuff, Lead Singer Syndrome merchandise sent to your house, and a whole lot more. That link is leadsingersyndrome.com slash access for as little as $6 a month. That gets you in. I'm not sure how many euros that is, maybe four, about four euros, uh, gets you in, five euros, I'm not sure, uh, gets you in per month. So check it out. Again, the link, leadsincersyndrome.com slash all access. I want to give a big shout out to everyone who tuned in last week for a great episode with Ben Kowalowitz. I think I got it, of Billy Talent, uh, great, great talk. And um, hey, make sure you're subscribed. We got some nice things coming. So whatever you're listening to this on, Hit the subscribe button. Make sure you don't miss a thing. And of course, if you like the show, tell a friend, tell a loved one. If you really want to help out, you can write a review on iTunes, preferably five stars. And that goes a long, long way. And of course, we have the hate line. And if you're not happy, if you want to leave me a message of hate, you can do so. The phone number is plus one six five seven six six six. Hate, H-A-T-E, 657-666-HATE. Feel free to call, leave a message. I do roll out clips from time to time, and I do listen to all the clips as well. So, uh, you know, and don't be afraid to get under my skin. People have said some vile, vile things to me, and I highly doubt you can top that. But I'd like to see you try. So check out the hate line, or you can email me all the lovely things you want to email me. All good. In other news with me, like I said, I'm here in Europe with my band Silverstein. We're doing a bunch of shows with the Impericon Festival, including a huge one in Leipzig this weekend. If you are in Leipzig or Munich, actually, we're doing one there too. Please check it out. We're playing with some awesome, awesome bands. Uh, Heaven Shall Burn, Boy Sets Fire. Uh, it's going to be a great, great, great festival. And uh, next month, we're heading over to Australia, with Comeback Kid, who we're also playing with this weekend, and uh, there could be a podcast with Andrew Newfeld of Comeback Kid coming out really soon, just if you want me to spill the beans, there it is, uh, yes, so if you're in Australia, be sure to pick up tickets for that tour as well, and uh, we'll be around, Warp Tour, we'll see you there too, eight shows, Detroit, Cleveland, Cincinnati, Toronto, Buffalo, Scranton, New York, and Boston, got it, get tickets for Warp now, it's the last one, it's going to be really, really special. All right, I've rambled long enough, and my voice kind of hurts on this off day, so let's get into it. Here's my conversation with Dan Smith of Darko.
1: There's a murmur on the breeze, we all perceive see yet. it's on the water at our feet, stay very slow.
0: So how's it going today?
2: Yeah, pretty good. It's uh I just got back from a weekend away, so I'm kinda of manically packing to go away tomorrow uh or later tonight we fly out to Japan at six tomorrow morning. Yeah, so.
0: I, I saw yeah. that. Um that's very cool. And um It's gonna be sick. I'm ha- really excited for it. Have you been before?
2: Uh we went once about a year and a half ago. Awesome. Yeah. It's
0: it's like, you it's know great. so much to talk about with you. I I have Dan Smith of Darko on the phone. Um but dude, it it's uh it's really seems like you guys have put out this album that I mean it's it's a gr- it's a terrific album last year Bonsai Mammoth. It's a great album. But you guys have yeah. been doing this for quite a while. And it seems Yay. like all of a sudden a bunch of people took notice including myself. And and now you know you're going to places like Japan. I see you're going to Australia as well. Um What's that feel like for you? Just, just kind of seemingly like, oh, we've been doing this for a while, but now all of a sudden you're a little more under a microscope.
2: Yeah, it's kind of, it's really cool, but bizarre at the same time. I mean, I mean, for me, we all like we all still work. Like we're all working five days a week, so we're kind of doing uh, the touring this year. We're doing in our holiday time, whereas previously we've uh, we've taken time off without pay. But this year we're trying to squeeze it in to try and save some money because it's right. been. Absolutely, spanking us the last couple of years, uh, but it's uh, you don't notice it if that makes sense. We're not sure. kind of under this massive spotlight. We're under this lovely little spotlight, and it's been a slow burn for such a long time. Um, I think the first time we went to Japan, we only had the EPs out, uh, so that was released as a, a big package sort of all three together. Were done in Japan, and then bonsai mammoth came later. It was uh, it should have been out. Uh, but due to uh, <laughs> I think Bird Attacks release schedule, it couldn't come out until the February. So it should have come out in the October and didn't. So it was a bit yeah, the timing was a bit off. But we were still out went out. We had some fun, um, and it was yeah, it was wonderful. Absolutely it was lovely to go out. Absolutely, and it was like it's absolutely crazy to walk into um, Tower Records uh, and they had uh, our first three EPs as a package CD. Uh, sat there on the uh, listening station next to Blink Two's California. And it's just, you, you kinda out there, you're just kind of go, just go, what? What the fuck? Like, it's it's <laughs> crazy. So silly. so
0: I guess you guys do pretty well over there.
2: Yeah. I mean, we, we, the shows were, like, were pretty good. They were pretty consistent. Um, but I mean, I don't personally pay any attention to like record sales and things like that. Right, right. Uh, so I've got no idea oh, how much we sell out there or whatever. I so have no got, idea like, what
0: my band sells out there, too. I just know, like, Oh, you go to the show and there's kids that care about your band and singing the words yeah. well, you know. Or in Japan, they love to do the actions, which is really strange. Have you noticed that? Like if you ever try you know, to get we- them to clap or or whatever or fist like like you know do like a, a fist in the air thing, they love yeah. that. They love that.
2: Oh, I'll remember that. I'll, I'll yes, do that. In yes,
0: yes, that's that's good. Much better than trying to get them to sing something or you know how reserved yeah. they are there, right? Like between songs, yeah. like you can hear a pin drop. <laughs> so strange I mean, Last
2: time we were there I'm not sure anyone knew the words But they were still singing along anyway And still getting involved down the front And that was absolutely fantastic Awesome uh, yeah. And we just played with some absolutely uh, Amazing bands as well like, All the bands we played with uh, last time were They were all, all from Japan uh, All local bands to where we played uh, And we played with uh, this one band Which was sort of this uh, cyberpunk Pop Punk thing, Not pop punk But like a uh, this hybrid band in there, it was Halloween, uh, oh, yeah. and yeah, so they were all dressed up, except for the guitarist who was just wearing his normal getup, which was just loads of lasers. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> he, he had this like uh, set of glasses on that were like data from Star Trek, right? It was, right. It was, like, this laser shooting out of it, Yeah, it that's really a, cool. That's
0: incredible. No, they they can take things pretty far, um, over there. So you guys, you know, you mentioned you guys are are working uh, dudes, guys have regular, you know, uh, five day a week yeah. job.
2: Um, how old are you guys? Me? Uh, me, I, I'm 37. Uh, so am the rest, I. yeah. Yeah. Uh, the rest of the guys are about 30. Uh, I think uh, Drummond is 30 something. He's kind of, yeah, he's the next oldest.
0: Right. No, I ask you because, cause it's, you know, it's not that easy to find information about your band. You know, a lot of the bands I have, I have on, on, you know, on the podcast, a lot of them, like I just interviewed the guy from Dream Theater last week, Uh, you know, and that's like loads of stuff, you know, to find about him. I can find out anything about that guy, (laughs) you know, if I put in the time, but like I, I Google Dan Smith Darko and I find half of it's it's about Donnie Darko, the movie, and half of it's about the singer for Bastille, who I guess his name is also Dan Smith.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think I got added up once yeah. by some girl looking for the singer from uh, Bastille. Yeah, so pardon like, my. She's singing a band. Like, Yeah, we're called Darko. Is that? Like, oh.
0: <laughs> so pardon my in- ignorance on some of the questions I ask you, like such as how old no, you are. No, but, but um, it's it's it's, in- it's interesting for me, and, and I'll, I'll give you a little backstory about how I found out about you guys, and, and I'm a big champion of you guys now. But um, you know, as I said, I'm 37, the same age as you and my best friend who's 36 you know we grew up with all the skate punk stuff you know like uh, all the fat yeah. records compilations and all the epitaph stuff and all these bands and you know uh I, i've obviously moved moved into some other kinds of music like with what i do with silverstein um but my my true love of music is is fast melodic you know skate punk And my friend Chris, who who showed me you guys, he's the same way. And he always has known about these bands that kind of no one else knew about. And I was just at his house, like, and he's like, you got to hear this band Darko. I was like, okay. And I was like, what is this band? How have I not heard this? This band is incredible. So I looked, and I tried to find information, and I couldn't find really anything. And over the past, I don't know how long it's been since your record came out, like maybe a year now, um, there's been more and more stuff popping up. But um, it's it's cool to to be able to speak with somebody that I'm a big fan of that I don't know that much about, and I assume a lot of people listening to this don't know much about your band either.
2: They probably don't. I mean, I, we're, I, we're virtually unheard of. And when uh we sort of found out that uh, you were interested in talking to us, I was like what well, what what? Huh? Really? <laughs> you want want to talk to me i'm not sure i've got much to say but uh, i'll give it a crack well
0: (laughs) so far so good i mean your record was you know one of my favorites of the year last year but i want to go back I want to talk about you know Hmm. i I heard somewhere i read somewhere i try to do my research that you actually grew up in australia
2: yes Uh, so talk to me a
0: little bit about that and what it was like for you you know um
2: 37 years ago when you were born Yeah, I mean, well, I was actually born in England. Uh, My parents immigrated to Australia when I was about six. Uh, And so I grew up in Brisbane. uh, And that really was uh, phenomenal. And the effect that the local music scene they actually had on me uh, and what I was into, I kind of probably dabbled in just like top 40 stuff uh, until uh, probably I was about 14, 15 and that's when I started to hear more and more about local bands and um, bands that were doing stuff in Brisbane. Uh, and they used to have uh, free street press that came out that was put into all the music shops uh, called Time Off and Rave magazine. There were two separate magazines, and it just solely covered all the bands that were playing in Brisbane and what venues they were playing at, and plus all the international acts and things like that that were touring. And so I kind of started to read those magazines about all these bands that I didn't really know about. Uh, and then when I, I don't know what point it was, I got taken to the show by this band called the Dream Killers. Okay. And they were, me. And they were this uh, this metal band from Brisbane. And that just, yeah, it just instantly changed what I was into. And I became very, uh, I don't know if it's insula is the right, but I'm really into what was happening in Brisbane at the time. And especially Australian music and bands uh, such as Regurgitator, Spider Spiderbait, Custard, uh, Powderfinger, uh, Body Jar, yeah, yeah. Uh, and a lot of just, uh, I was really focused on the Australian bands, and that's what I kind of wanted to do. And I, I sort of gigged a lot around Brisbane, uh, just playing with my mates and stuff and just having a, a really good time. So you, so you were in bands at this point already? Yeah, I probably started bands when I was in high school, just doing covers and stuff. Um, and then sort of dabbled in writing my own music. So I sort of played guitar and sang in these bands and then ended up playing bass for a bit and a couple of bands and just just sort of dipped in and out of various bands and then decided I had a British passport, wondered what it was like to live on the other side of the world, came over here, met Rob and Chris, and uh, I think I was wearing a lag wagon shirt, and (laughs) that's how the the conversation with Rob started, and just one day, he had me singing, he's like, dude, do you want to start a skate park band? Yeah, sure, why not, you know, what have I got to lose? Um, and he wanted me to play guitar and sing, and I sort of umdenied and, and said, well, I'd rather just do one or the other." You know, I want to f- want to try and focus my energies on the one thing. So
0: when was this that you guys that you guys met?
2: Uh, that was two. I met them in two thousand six. We worked out. It was our first gig, which uh, Rob Christodakis, we were the, the the original members. We did that ten years ago.
0: Right. Well, that, the thing it's is, is been- you were already twenty five at this point right so you yeah, exactly, so you right. so you, how long did you live in in australia before you moved over to back to the uk uh
2: 17 years
0: wow yeah yeah okay it's crazy yeah it's crazy cuz you know it's it's a couple things like kind of resonate with me here uh, right away that i have to ask you about the first thing is you know in 2006 that kind of music was kind of dying or in some people might even say dead and i think yeah, over the oh, last totally. little while it's made more of a resurgence but back, you know, in, in 2005, 2006, this was like the height of, you know, emo music and, and, and you know, I mean, hardcore's always been there. But, but those were really what, what everybody seemed to be talking about. And bands like Lagwagon and, and, you know, you mentioned and all the fat records bands, a lot of them were not doing very well. And another thing is we're in England, which has never been a hotbed for skate punk ever.
2: No, never. I mean, there's a, there's a handful of bands in the whole country that play it there yeah. really is that many, um, uh, which is nice. There's a really sort of small scene, um, yeah. and we said, so, you know, we we get a lot of gigs and a lot of gig opportunities over here, uh, and we play to people who are just really interested in the music, and that's that's another thing that's really great. Absolutely, uh, when people come to shows, they're not just hanging about there because it's in because it's trendy. They're there because right. they have a vested interest in the music and the way it makes them feel. No, which is, no, which well,
0: is definitely Australia. I mean, is known for for it more. You know, I think of like Frenzel Rom yeah. and, and The Living End and and you mentioned Body Jar being like another, you know, punk kind of faster, you know, punk band. Um but for you, what what were the bands that set you said, Okay, I've gotta really get into, you know, this aggressive, fast skate punk uh, music that you play now? Like there str- must have been a couple out. I mean
2: strung, strung out, out has yeah. strung out. I think it's the uh A friend of mine, Chucky, gave me this, uh, was it Fat Music? Life in the Fat Lane, maybe. I can't remember. One of the fat compilations. And it's the one that starts with, I think, the Ataris. Uh, And then the second track is Strung Out. And I think I must have played those two tracks just back to back and never bothered with the rest of the CD because I was just so (laughs) in love with those tracks. I think it was like, yeah, one was San Dimas High School Rules, which is kind of more of a punk thing, but it's still a great tune. Totally. It really is. No, it was strung out. Someone's the exclamation of Virginia Madsen Yeah, and that blew me away. You know, just hearing that the shreddy guitar with all the kind of they've got they had that pop sensibility still to their songs. You know, that just blaringly fast. Um, and I guess from there, and I didn't find out about uh, these guys till I got to England. But I kind of found out about Wilhelm Scream. Yeah, and that just kind of. They just floored me. I think they got played The King Is Dead, and that was another song that just, you know, this guy goes, Man, you gotta listen to this. And just plays it. You just listen to the intro. It's like, oh, That's really cool. Well, definitely, a the Helm
0: Scream is a band that I can, it. I definitely can hear, you know, your influence in for sure. Yeah. I'm sure oh, you're compared to them a lot. Yeah.
2: Yeah, we definitely get that a lot, Um, which is nice. They're a fucking phenomenal band. And to someone who go, Hey, oh, you kind of remind me of these guys, is, is pretty nice. But they, you know, we kind of, when we set out and we were kind of starting out, we kind of, wanted to bridge a kind of gap between Strung Out, Rise Against, and Wilhelm Scream. They were the kind of the, the three big influences between Rob, Chris, and I that we had punk-wise at the time. Yeah, um, And you can definitely hear that, you know, especially in the first three EPs. Um, and, you know, it's there on Bond's Mammoth as well. I mean, there's no denying that. Absolutely.
0: absolutely. it's funny you bring up um, a Wilhelm Scream because the – so I'm from Canada. I grew up in the Toronto suburbs of Canada. And I actually grew up on the same uh, street as the bass player for Wilhelm Scream. Oh yeah, right. So cool. uh, yeah, so we grew up on the same. We, we played in a punk band together called Jerk Circus, and then um, after Silverstein got started and stuff, he ended up joining. You know, Wilhelm Scream. I know you know they're from Massachusetts, so he he went down there and joined the band, and he's still in the band. And I was just texting That's with him sick. this morning. So I, uh, know that. I will. Yes, I will make sure that you guys get uh, acquainted. I know you guys are uh-huh. doing some uh-huh. shows uh, later this summer, right?
2: Yeah, uh, last week of June, I think cool. we're doing about four or five shows of them. I think yeah, doing the, the we did the whole UK leg of their European tour, uh, bar one show, which is oh, FF. you did oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. So, so we'll then, you Bri, then you know, Brian,
0: then you know, Brian, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I've met him uh, very briefly because we did two shows of them about three years ago as uh, well, right? Maybe. So yeah, I've yeah met, met them all before, and they're absolutely lovely guys. Absolutely Terrific. lovely.
0: Terrific. That's fantastic. Um. Uh sorry, I'm just looking over my 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 few notes that I made. So you guys seem to tour, I mean we talked about uh, Japan, Australia, uh you guys have done extensive stuff all over mainland of Europe and of course the UK yeah. where you're from. Have you guys done anything in the US?
2: Absolutely nothing. We've never been out to the US. Uh zero shows in the US.
0: Zero shows in the US. Do, do you don't you think that that's a big reason why, you know, maybe you guys are have been a little stagnant don't you think that that's a step you have to take
2: uh yeah it is uh but it's actually it's getting us out there yeah the problem is finding the uh, the money and you know getting the visas um and try, trying to get us we, we just don't at the moment a lot of the stuff we do is sort of diy uh so we kind of we sort of all the european stuff is generally rob Argus Harris books a lot of it. um so it's it's just making that step and getting out there. I guess uh, Rob tends to deal with that side of things, not myself. Right. Uh, but we've we've definitely looked into it. Um, and it's yeah, I think we're gonna we're very worried about the visas and, and things like that, getting musicians visas and how easy that's going to be. Yeah, for Yeah, it's, it's
0: not easy. It's not easy, and it's something that we so. don't talk about too much on the show. You know, me being a foreigner as well. You know, I have what's called like a P two mm. visa. That we that we apply for, and we've we've gotten them every year uh, since two thousand and three. So we're pretty familiar with the process now. But what you got to do is you basically have to get a visa for an entire year and have shows kind of tentatively booked, um, and right. then that's what you have to do. And I, I and I know that that's something to do with being Canadian. If you're um, not Canadian, then you have to go through different sorts of hoops. And um, it really is tough, you know, with with America and getting bands in. Uh, you know, for a country that that seemingly has access to everything and, and all music, it really is much more difficult to play, especially do a tour in America than it is in Japan,
2: which is yeah. kind of crazy yeah yeah i mean we, we, we're quite we, i think we're sort of pretty much free to go to japan as as we wish um and australia, the guy's got visas uh, and i've just gone back obviously i I'm a citizen, so i don't have to worry too much about it that's right um yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, coming out to America, I mean, I think hopefully for us, I think South, I think we'll end up doing, hopefully, uh, either Canada or South America before we do uh, America. But we did talk about coming in, um, we were meant to go do a, a show in Canada with 88 Fingers Louis. Oh, wow. A, a it was a bird attack show. I think Such Gold played it, 88 Fingers Louie. Um, and I can't remember who else, but there was we were in talks to go over and do that, and then we're going to try and come down and do a little bit of the west coast of America, the west coast, no, east coast of America, if we could. But it just it never it just never went came through.
0: Absolutely, well, I mean, there's you know the the skate punk scene uh, is. I wouldn't say it's thriving everywhere in in North America, but definitely in parts of Canada, it's still really big. And there is things like the Fest, you know, in Gainesville, yeah, uh, something that like you guys yeah, would, would absolutely kill it in. And I mean, I know you know you guys did Punk Rock Holiday in Slovenia last year, mm-hmm. which is like a great festival and one that you fit in really well with. And I think that that's probably important for you guys for the future. And I hope I hope you can work that out.
2: Yeah, I mean we. have... Rock Holiday, I've, I've been for the last three years in a row, and we've played two of those three years. Yeah, awesome. and it's just absolutely fantastic. And you know, the first year we played, uh, they threw us on the main stage on the Friday, which was oh, so we opened the main stage, and that for us was just was crazy. I was like, what the hell, why have they got us up on there on the main stage, and you know, we got to play, and we kind of felt that we're going to play to the handful of people that we know at the festival and that's it. Right. And by the end, by the end of our set, there was a good couple of thousand people watching us. And just, yeah, I can go back and I got, I, I can watch that. It was recorded and I can watch the video. I can't listen to it. Uh, <laughs> I can watch it and I can kind of, it's nice to just to kind of just work, just quickly skip through it. And you just watch the crowd build and build and build towards the end, which is really nice. But yeah, I, I can't listen to it. It's fucking awful. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Why is it awful? <laughs> I just hate listening to myself live. Uh, I won't won't go back and I won't listen to this because I just listening to myself talk and uh, yeah, no, I can't do it.
0: That's funny, you know, because everybody says that. You know, when you're when you're even even adults, you know that that have obviously heard the sound of their voice before. They'll hear back like a recording, whether it's like a some of a video or something, and they'll go, "Do I sound like that? I don't actually sound like that, do I?" You know, people always say that. And but as a musician and somebody that has to go in the studio and you have to like do take after take and listen back oh is that good you know people like you and I we get used to hearing the sounds of our own voice so it's it's kind of interesting for me just for you more to hear you say like,
2: like but I think it's like when I watch myself sing like do a live recording of a live performance and I know I can do better and I just watch it and think oh, I could have done better than that I could have right. done better than that so that, it's it's kind of not necessarily being I suppose used to hearing how I sound. It's kind of knowing where I made the mistakes.
0: Right. It's interesting. You know, I I mentioned that I had Dream Theater on uh, last week. Uh, A great guy, by the way. James Libre is amazing. Uh, And we talked about, you know, him being kind of the standalone vocalist in a band full of shredders, uh, (laughs) you know, which is not that dissimilar from you, really. No, not at all. you got guys in the band that absolutely shred uh, on their instruments, and then you're there bringing this kind of attitude you know and obviously a lot of emotion in the way you sing and the power behind it but you know in terms of like technically you know like like classical you know classically trained singer that's not you (laughs) no no Uh way does that ever put a separation between you and the rest of the band in a way would you like like, Uh that that they think your job is easy and you and you're like no my job is not easy
2: I don't know. We've never really talked about it. Um, I don't think so. Um, I think they've kind of. I've got a massive respect and appreciation for what they do, and it kind of. I guess the way we kind of write is, I kind of write around what they do. So I kind of. Pardon me. I get a pretty much a complete song musically, and then I said to the guys, "All right, well, which bits do you not want me to sing over?" Because otherwise, I'll probably just end up singing over it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. You
2: know? uh, and sometimes they're just like, man, just sing over everything. We don't care. And other times they're like, no, no, this is, uh, yeah. There's the obvious places you can't sing. But uh, uh, I think there's a couple of songs. Uh, uh, what was it? I think it's Lifeblood. Is it Lifeblood. Yeah, Lifeblood on uh, Bonsai Mammoth. Yeah. And I was sort of saying, no, I really think this section can just be music by itself. Um, and then the goes kind of like, no, 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 we want you to sing over, We want you to sing over it. But we ended up compromising. So I think the first time the passage comes around, I don't sing. And then the second time I do sing.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, like no, it's, it's, it's hard to know, you know, like when you have, a, um, a band, like, like you say, you know, kind of write the instrumental music first and then it's your job to put vocals over it. It can be tough. It can be tough because somebody that's, you know, you other guys or you, you guys together have written the music. And everybody has sort of a vision of where they envision things kind of going into place, or how a song kind of shakes out. And then sometimes it doesn't happen at all the way you kind of imagined it. And then other times it does, and it comes out better. You know, I'm sure that has happened to even you when you hear like an instrumental and go, "Oh yeah, this is like this is definitely going to be track one on the on the record." And then you're like, "Mm, "I don't know, I'm having trouble like knowing what to do to make this better." Does that happen to you ever when yeah, you're writing?
2: Yeah, definitely. I, I definitely get stuck sometimes and think, you know, w- what should I do? Because I think uh, possibly Chris, more so than Rob, some of the stuff that he sort of brings along, they're almost instrumental songs. They could be instrumental tracks. They could stand alone almost. Right, by themselves. Right. In development without me singing on them, you know. And so that's always very hard. And uh, I, I know it gets frustrating uh, when we go into the recording process where I write sections, write my lyrics, I write the melodies. Uh, and then bring it, introduce some harmony, where certain guitar bits get lost, just because we've we've filled that section out with just so much, uh, just, just the is just so wide on it. Right. Um, and that kind of frustrates them, and I, I kind of feel bad. But at the same time, you've got to fill the song out with a bit of melody as well. So
0: sure. Well, I actually like that that you do that sometimes. In in um, and this isn't even just with the new record; it's even with some of the EPs and stuff. I find that you know, you throw in non melodic vocals a lot too. like, I don't know if I want to call it yelling or screaming, but you tend to throw those in parts where the guitar is doing something, you know, melodic on its own. And I feel like that kind of makes it keeps, you know, keeps the melody of the guitar. You can hear it more because you're not having the the vocal melody fighting with it. Yeah. Does that make any sense? And I always, I kind of wondered if that's intentional because it's really a great, a great technique.
2: I kind of, there was a phase and I don't necessarily think this way and so much anymore, but boys felt that what I bring to darker has got to be a bit more of a texture, uh, mm-hmm. to the whole piece of music. So obviously I've kind of got that raspy sort of vocal attack and it's providing, uh, not an accompanying piece. Cause I do sort of a lot of the main melodies and the, and the lyrics do become a focal point, but we, we've got to play off each other a little bit. Um, and so you've got to, you know, it's got to blend in together. Go. Absolutely. Help, both go hell for leather. You know, it's not, never going to work. Um, and we've been described before as a bunch of guys that have just been trying to play over the top of each other by a few people, but anyway.
0: <laughs> well, some people don't, don't hear, you know, the, the, I don't know, the, or the analogy, like the calm within the storm, kind of, you know what I mean? That it's, it's yeah. it can, it, for people like, like, this is kind of a funny story. Like, you know, I grew up with you know, the first bands I got into were like, you know, like Metallica and Guns N' Roses and then, you know, Nirvana and we're the same age. So I'm sure it was like,
2: you, yeah, you it's know. a similar process. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: And then I heard, you know, uh, like the Offspring and Green Day and I got into No Effects and Rancid and, you know, at some point I just got into, you know, everything had to be double time fast, like, or I wouldn't listen to it, you know? So, um, so I loved like Propaganda it was one of my favorite bands and, and, and I remember I was listening to it in my room one time, and my dad kind of was coming in and said to me, what is, what is this you're listening to? I go, oh, it's like, you know, punk, or punk rock, and he goes, it's off time. I go, what do you mean it's off time? He goes, it's off time. And to this day, when my dad hears the, like, the, like, the double time beat, it just sounds off time to him. Like, he doesn't understand, like, the, you know, and then my dad plays guitar, too. Like, he's a musician, so... It's just funny, and I think that a lot of people that aren't familiar with that, with this music, they just think that it sounds like complete chaos.
2: Yeah, yeah true. I've never really thought about it. Um, I guess so. I've just always loved it. So just just-
0: <laughs> I have too. I have <laughs> too, man. So is, is it just you that sings on the records? Because I, uh, I was having trouble telling if, if uh, any of the other guys in the um, band did some vocals as well.
2: No, I'd say 95% of it is. Oh, okay. Uh, mostly it's me. Uh, Carl does a uh, bass player. He uh, doubles up a lot of the scr- some of the screams. Some of the really big screaming is him um, on... i have to think about this. Yeah, it's, it's mostly just sort of the, the big... Rah! Like Carl oh, will come in and <laughs> yeah, you'll yeah you'll lay it down. He's got he's got a big big scream. It's good, awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah no, that's awesome.
2: Um, but yeah, like, I mostly do sort of the vocal harmonies and stuff like that, and then the guys will learn them afterwards, and then we will sort of take that into no, the no, it's, it's really
0: but, cool because sometimes you know it sounds like it sounds like a different person singing. You know, doing the backups and stuff, and sometimes it's quite like quite I don't know the right word. It's, it's quite. Um, uh, tuneful, you know, and quite like, like, oh, that's a lovely little, in the background, like, that can't be Dan Smith because he's, like, you know, crushing, like, a vocal, like, he sounds he sounds like Chuck Reagan or something at the moment. How <laughs> can he sound like Chuck Reagan, and then in the background, it's like, ah, it's like, it sounds like, you know, so beautiful, so I was just wondering if that was, it was, it was all you, and it's all you.
2: It is, yeah. I'm touched by that, thank you, man. Oh, well, <laughs> no one's, most, you're one's most- ever referred to my singing as beautiful no. before, so uh- First time for everything. So,
0: what what are you guys? What are your guys' day jobs? If you don't mind me asking,
2: uh, I'm a screen printer. So, oh, you okay. print T-shirts for, for a company in London doing that. Carla, uh, bass player, is a mechanic. A um, drummer. He's a window cleaner. Runs his own business doing that. Uh, Rob, uh, obviously, he does Lockjaw records um, as well as guitar teaching, uh, and he's just started. Well, he just bought himself a drone. Uh, him and a friend of uh, his have bought a drone between them, and they're just going into doing uh, shooting drone footage for people and businesses and things like that. Cool. Uh, and then Chris is—he uh, works on guitars. He does works at a, for a company in London doing guitar setups at a studio and sort of guitar repairs and okay. things like
0: that. So you guys, it sounds like you guys have jobs that, that are fairly flexible and you're able to kind of come and go as you please to do some, yeah. you know, to do touring yeah. and yeah. stuff. But is there a goal to like one day just be able to do this band full time or is is it just that, is that ship sailed?
2: Uh, I don't know. I mean, age-wise, maybe the ship sailed a bit. Right. Um, you know, if we can go have a good time and enjoy ourselves uh, which is what we set out to do in the first place, then, uh, personally I'm happy. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd love to be able to do it full time, but whether that's a realistic goal or not is, is questionable, I think.
0: Well, I, I hope so. Uh, I, I mean, maybe it's just me being a little selfish and hoping you can come do, a, a U.S. or Canadian tour, but, uh,
2: man, we love my take. to go out. I mean, it's, uh, we, we we will get there. That, I think we, at the moment we said uh, we, we're ticking off. Like that's we've done a lot of Europe. Now where where can we go next? Obviously we're doing Japan again. Uh, let's go out to Australia. I think this year we were either going to do uh, Canada or Australia, and we were thinking of coming to Canada maybe later in the year. Uh, but I mean, we still could. I mean, it all just depends on I guess how well these tours go, sure, how much money we've got, uh, and whether we can actually make the time and make it happen and are saved. you guys signed?
0: Are you guys signed to a US uh, label?
2: Uh we're on Bird Attack Records. So that's worldwide. That is yeah, pretty much yeah. Um, and then Rob does a little bit with Lockjaw for us over here, uh, and then uh, I don't know who we're signed to in Japan. I can't remember. <laughs>
0: that's okay. That's <laughs> terrible. Oh, no, it's fine. Um, that's cool. So, so uh, you're 37 years old, and you're working as a screen printer, and you're doing this band. You know, sort of part time um when when you find the time to write lyrics and stuff what what is it that you feel the need to write about and sing about uh in your life
2: Kinda of anything um there's something i kind of you know I might just pick up on an idea uh and I'll kind of run with it uh, a lot of the stuff off the first e p s uh'll try what songs are on there are a little bit kind of varied i mean uh neo was an amateur. Oh, that's a great much. song. <laughs> but, uh, but what do you think that song's about?
0: I have no idea. The Matrix.
2: I mean, no, it's, it's got <laughs> nothing to do with the matrix. Well, it does have a little bit to do with the matrix. Uh, basically, I was with, I was on, went for a weekend away with uh, my sister and one of her friends, and they were having a, a conversation uh, about previous relationships, and her friend raised a toast uh, to bullets dodged. And I thought, yeah, to Bullets Dodge, that's that's a, it's a great lyric. That's a great right. song type. Uh, and I was going to call the song Two Bullets Dodged, which is in raising, but it sounds like two is in the number. Uh, and so I kind of ran with the idea of, you know, obviously dodging bullets where you've got Neo, yeah, right? So Neo yep. kind of kind of comes in, Matrix comes into it. But the whole song is kind of about relationships. I was just thinking there's so many people there, their kind of end goal or their end point is finding the perfect partner and that's what they're looking for. And that's, that that's all they need. Uh, so, and then see the so-called pie, it starts off at the end of the relationship no. and kind of saying, you know, what was an amateur is just kind of saying that like, he's, if you look at, I guess in pop culture, uh, around the time I wrote it, maybe, you know, that was kind of a thing. He, you know, he's dodging bullets and that was his thing. And it's just kind of saying, well, you no, know, he's an amateur. We can, we, we, we're all a lot better at doing, doing that and starting up and picking off again than he ever was that's kind of what it's about
0: (laughs) one thing that i thought it was about maybe was because darko plays so fast it was like it was Mm. like you know the whole thing about how neo moves so fast he can dodge bullets i was like oh (laughs) neo's an amateur we can play with you know we can move we can play way faster (laughs) than than, much better than neo (laughs) so that's yeah that's that's what i thought it was and then but then yeah you actually do say neo you know it's not just a just like a a funny song title you know like some so many bands especially in punk rock seemingly their song titles are just like kind of just some inside joke that has nothing to do with the actual song yeah you know what i mean like follow up boy used to do that too you know with with um with their song titles which which i always thought to be honest was like kind of a little lame but um but but no it's uh i thought it was maybe just one of those kind of things but there you go
2: there you go. No. I, 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 do, I try and put a lot of thought into what I'm putting down onto the paper because yeah. uh, it's kind of like, it's my little bit. I mean, you know, as you say, I'm kind of, no, what's the right word, not vying for attention, but I do, my my role within the band is, uh, I've always got like you know, Rob and Chris and this massive, this amazing music that they're creating around me. Uh, and so I guess I kind of want to make sure that the lyrics are, yeah, you know, I've got a bit of substance, a little bit of meaning, uh, and I kind of like ambiguity as well. Uh, I do mm-hmm. like that people always take their own meaning away from a song, uh, and I can say that you know because sometimes you know when you write, uh, the, the meaning may not be that deep, but if someone walks away with a, a deeper, more profound sense of uh, what those words mean to them, and that, that that that's that's much better. Yeah, I
0: think. absolutely Personally, well what about the song is it i don't even know how to say it harith 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 yeah that song has gotten a lot of attention i feel like it's kind of i mean it was your first single release from the new album yeah um what's that one about in particular
2: uh, i guess i mean uh harith uh means uh, it's, uh i think it's a welsh sort of cornish word that means a uh, sort of a, a, a longing or an emotion for a place you can no longer return to like and, nostalgia. Uh, yeah, I get not 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 just nostalgia, It's sort of like this physical emotioner uh, okay. uh, that this sort of you know you can no longer go back to this state of place of where you were. So the song's a journey song, I guess. Uh, and I kind of based it off the, the the fact that at the time you've got a lot of refugees traveling and escaping their their situation uh, and taking these long journeys that I will never ever kind of no i'll never uh, sure. you know, hopefully yeah you know, and uh, i never have to experience and so i just try to kind of put my myself into that situation um and just kind of feel those emotions out what would i feel how, how would i be in that situation and so that song is it's really about I, I guess you know traveling and not being able to return to where you were and having to to kind of move on
0: No, absolutely. Wow. I mean, um, I don't think of you guys as like much, you know, much in the way of politics, but I mean, obviously being a punk rock band and growing up with that, there must be some uh, measure of politics, you know, that you're into or that, or that you sometimes, you know, comes into your art and your music.
2: Yeah, just ever ever so subtly. I don't like to be too heavy about it. Um, uh, but yeah, it's definitely a company of worlds. Um, we can stand for something more. Uh, we, yeah, but definitely uh, a bit more sort of on the political side. Um, and other times, I think on, on that record, I'm just sort of making little observations about what I see. And, you know, um, Dead Hordes is about social media use and things like that. So,
1: yeah, so, yeah
2: you, I guess a little bit political. And- <laughs> what do you think of uh, Brexit? What do I think of Brexit? What a clusterfuck that is. Right. Um Yeah, I'm not... Uh,
0: I mean, pretty soon you're going to need a visa to to go play in uh, in Europe. So get ready. Exactly you're
2: right. To that. right. Uh, it's yeah, yeah. I know. What a load of bullshit. Um, I'm not happy about Brexit, and it's not just because you know of the visa situation. Uh, I think you know politically and economically, I think the country is or was much better within the European Union. Uh, and being someone that's been able to travel around a lot of Europe and see some of the uh the infrastructure that the money from the european union has been able to uh put into development such as roads and things like that uh it's england's been putting in a lot of money to that and that's going to be sad to see that go um what else do i want to say about brexit it uh, <laughs> the nation got kind of fooled as well in a way uh by totally. a lot of propaganda. You know, they were told there was going to be X amount of money for this, X amount of money for that. Um, uh, yeah. And they just kind of got gypped. Uh, I think, you know, and especially the people that are in their, you know, in their late, you know, the kids, the young, young people, the youth that they, you know, they're never going to have that freedom to opportunity go in other countries. Absolutely. I mean, I, yeah, I, I've been extremely lucky. I and mean, my girlfriend's Italian. She lives in Italy. um, and at the moment, the, the plan is that she will come over here to live, but it's still, a, we're not 100% sure whether she'll have to go back or not. And we'll have right. to, it, yeah, it's, we just don't know. Yeah. Um, it's just
0: pulling the rug right from under you guys. That's crazy that, yeah, that, I that, just, can, that that can be allowed, you know? It's just, it's really, really crazy.
2: Yeah, it's, it's disappointing.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. Oh, well, that was a bit of a bummer. Um, Anyways, what what do you guys have coming up uh, next? Uh, Japan, Australia, some some festivals. Uh, are you guys working on some new music?
2: Yeah, we've started to. Uh, Chris has started sending some demos over, and I'm still going to yeah, sit down and work work on those. Um, we've got Manchester Punk Fest coming up, uh, pretty much as soon as we get back, uh, and then uh, Waterweed come from Japan. Uh, uh, around that time as well. And we've got a show with uh, them in Guildford. Uh, and then it's pretty much just, at uh, uh, festivals up until the Wilhelm scream tour. Um, and then in August, we kind of take a little bit of a break for about six to eight weeks. Um,
0: print some t-shirts, uh, clean some windows. For, yeah. Print some t-shirts.
2: We're going to do some, uh, self-reflection. No, no, no. uh, one of the guys has uh got a bit of time booked out around then uh, told us about it six months ago I said oh, I need to take a couple months off over the summer It's like all right cool man we've uh, we've done a lot over the last sort of couple of years we can August September it's a bit of a busy time for you so uh, we'll chill out and then at the moment October onwards is pretty much kind of free uh, so we don't really know what we're doing from doing at that point but uh, hopefully we'll uh we'll book up a winter uh, sorry an autumn tour but we'll probably start to look at that. After we get back from Japan and Australia,
0: sounds terrific. Sounds terrific. Uh, anything else to add? I'm. Uh, I think I'm just about the end of my list here of uh, of my notes. I don't know if I missed oh, cool. anything important.
2: I, to, uh, I just want to say thank you very much for showing some interest in our band. This is. Um, uh, I was very nervous about coming on and doing this. To be oh, there's nothing to be nervous so, about. No, I, I absolutely. So love... I don't do things like this at all. And you know, you said you were saying you know we are really under the radar. Uh, you know, people have never really heard of us. Just, yeah, wanted to talk to me uh, about what I do uh, and as a bandman. Thank you very much.
0: Absolutely. Well, you know, the thing about it is is that's part of why I love doing this podcast is because I want people to find out about new bands or old bands or just discover new music. And if I can bring them a band that I really you know, feel passionate about and love their music, then um, why wouldn't I do that? I take the opportunity to do it. And, and it's, I'm sure it's a band that a lot of people – your band is a lot of people have not heard of before and uh, we'll hopefully check it out. So um, hopefully, I'm going to play some, I'm going to play at least one tune. Uh, I always Gosh. play music at the end of the podcast. What What should I play? I'm going to think I'm going to do oh. one one of yours, a pick of yours and a pick of mine. Oh, okay. Uh, no pressure.
2: Do, 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 do. I'm going to go with, let's go with Lifeblood. That's, Lifeblood. Uh,
0: uh, yeah, one of my favorites. Lifeblood, bit of a deep yeah. cut, bit of a deep cut on Bonsai Mammoth. Isn't it like down in yeah, track yeah, nine good. or track ten? That's okay, okay, I like it. go yeah, with the yeah, deep it's cut. Fairway down the record, yeah, love it. It is one of my favorites. Well, thank you, Dan, so much for uh, for your time and, and enjoy Japan. I bet you're not looking forward to that flight, but uh...
2: it'll it'll be fine, man. I've been traveling for the last twelve hours already today. I think I've been home for maybe an hour and a half or something like that. Oh my! And God. then I'm leaving again. Is it? quarter to five and I'm off at nine o'clock tonight. So yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, good luck with that, man. Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much. Take care, man. Thanks Shane, man. Right. Thanks a million, dude. All the Thank best. you. Take
2: care. See ya. All the best. Bye.
0: So there it is with Dan. I absolutely loved the conversation. I love the insight. It is so cool to be able to interview somebody that, you know, has never done a long podcast before, hasn't told their story. So very happy that, that Dan let me be, you know, his first, so to speak. I did have a wise man once tell me, never trust anybody that leaves Australia and moves to the UK. But hey, I, what do they know anyways? I think Dan sounds like a pretty stand up dude. What can we do to get Darko to come to America and Canada? We need this band in our lives. We need them. Okay, as you know, I always play music at the end of the podcast, and I'm excited about this to play you guys some new music, hopefully. Here's a couple tracks from one of my favorite records of the year. Dan picked one. I'm going to pick one. They're both from Bonsai Mammoth. Here is Hierithe, followed by Lifebloods. I'm Lead Singer Syndrome. Peace and love. We'll see you next week.
1: From where they
0: Shane here. I really hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Thank you again so much for tuning in. I want to remind you guys if you guys are looking for any kind of band merch, the best place to go is rockabilia.com. I don't know if they have any Darko merch, that might be pretty hard to find just about anywhere, but I do know that rockabilia.com has 500,000 other. Unique items, all officially licensed from the artist, so you don't have to worry about any bootlegs, any crap, and everything that they sell goes right back into the money of the artists. Best of all, use our promo code and save 15% off your entire order today. The promo code is PC Jabberjaw, J A B B E R J A W. Again, PC Jabberjaw is the code. Head over to rockabilly.com. Get yourself something nice. The weather is getting hot. Unless you live in Canada like me, well, they got hoodies too. Thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. I will see you
1: next time.